Hey, ever wonder what it would be like to start your own food business? How about your own chocolate brand, craft beer, pizza store, or fruit juice company? Every week, we talk to people who have and are making money doing it. Here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com, food entrepreneurs just love to share their success stories with you. So you can do it too. And now, here is the guy who's just crazy about homemade ice cream, Mark Hayes. Hi, and welcome to another episode of MakeMoneyWithFood.com, the podcast for food entrepreneurs. Guys, as always, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. You, you could listen to one of many, many business podcasts out there. This podcast is, of course, aimed at you as a food entrepreneur. If you're the kind of person who's curious about the kinds of food business success stories out there around the world, this is the podcast for you. Because every week we speak to food entrepreneurs, we find out exactly what they're doing, how they make money the things they've learned, the things they've done well, and the mistakes they've made, and we bring their stories to you so you can do it too. In today's podcast, we meet Jenny Britton-Bauer, who is the founder of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams based in Columbus, Ohio. Jenny is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams at Home. With an excess of 100,000 copies in print, Jenny's cookbook has been described by the Wall Street Journal as the homemade ice cream making Bible. In 2012, Jenny was awarded the James Beard Award, which is America's most prestigious award for excellence in culinary writing and culinary education. In 2014, Jenny followed up her first successful book with Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream Desserts. Where did all this begin? Well, Jenny left art studies at Ohio State University to open Scream Ice Cream in 1996 in Columbus, Ohio's North Market. Jenny is entirely self-taught, so these four years of learning, experimentation, and direct customer feedback in the market in Columbus, Ohio, set the stage for her next business, which was in fact Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams, which she also operated in North Market for six years. So how did she know exactly what she wanted to start in the first place? As we'll hear, Jenny is a determined and service-driven entrepreneur. She took her hobby of blending oils and perfumes, asked her customers loads of questions, learned what was working and not working, and has built her fast-growing business around excellent customer service. From scratch to 150 employees, 19 outlets, an online store, products available in 2,000 outlets across the country, two best-selling cookery books, and national coverage by the New York Times and Food and Drink and other magazines. Wow, there's some real inspiration for all you want to be food entrepreneurs in this episode. Enjoy, and we'll speak to you afterwards. My guest on today's program here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com is Jenny Britton-Bauer of Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. Jenny, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. My pleasure. So um, let's just start with 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 who you are and what your brand is. Um, just for our listeners, you currently run a company called Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream. Yes, I do. Um, <clears throat> uh, I like how you put that. I currently run a company. Um, uh, Jenny's is um, is one in the same with me. I'm uh, I've been making ice cream since 1996, and I just this is my life. I do it. Uh, every day and I have a company and um, anyway, you know, that's sort of entre- old entrepreneurship thing that just, it sort of takes over everything and it becomes, um, you know, one of the same as, you know, you're just me. I don't ever feel like I'm running a company. I just feel like it's just uh, going in and out of life, you know? Okay. So you feel like you're the brand. Yeah, I suppose. Sure. But, um, but also we have a, just an incredible team. And so I, um, 
I just work on this amazing team and we, um, and, and we keep moving forward and keep making discoveries. And, and that's what we just do every day. We make, try to make better ice cream today than we did yesterday. And, um, we do artwork to go with it and, uh, decorate our stores and all those things too. And photography and, you know, and then all the other things, the machine that makes the company work, you know, I mean, operations and making the ice cream, you know, cause we don't just come up with the ice cream. We actually make it. And we have farmers that, that supply us and, um, so it's this whole thing that sort of comes, it's this big community of people who kind of make all these ideas happen. Okay. So it's more, more than just, than just Jenny Britton Bauer, although you are the figurehead of the business. Yep. Okay. What is, what has been your professional background to this day? I'm curious because people who listen to this program, I might be people who are, you know, thinking of emulating some success stories out there and they might look at you and think, wow, how did that person actually start and, and get to the point where they were able to begin this business? Um, I, uh, so I'm 41 years old. I started making ice cream when I was 21. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started my first ice cream business when I was just 22. So only a few months later after I first started, after I made my first ice cream in my home kitchen. So at the time I was studying, um, art history and fine arts at, um, in college. And I was, um, uh, working at a, at a French bakery. And then I was also studying um, and thinking that maybe I would become a perfumer. I was really getting into scent and I was collecting a lot of essential oils and blending them and thinking that I was going to go to France and try to learn that. I mean, I do not have a chemistry background and I didn't realize at the time that that's, you know, that's very important for a perfumer. Um, so I was kind of in a creative time in my life. You know, it was, everything was open. Uh, the sky was, you know, the world was my oyster kind of thing and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I, yeah. I started making ice cream. I actually started using my essential oils that I was, um, blending perfumes with to blend into ice creams, to make edible perfumes. And that was started out sort of as a part dinner party project, part art project, and, and also kind of this cool idea, a way of experiencing scent. And, right. uh, and, and that's what I did. So I did that and um, I realized immediately that that was, that's, you know, I need to do this. This needs to be my, my business. And I always knew that I would have a business or I'd be working for myself somehow. And, uh, and I just, um, I started. So six months later, I convinced a friend just to, to, put up a little bit of money to go into business with me. Um, we started in this tiny in or in a tiny location in an, in a very large indoor public market, very old, um, here in Columbus, uh, in the middle of Ohio. So you literally began in, in a farmer's market outlet. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I made every ice cream, helped every customer for four years at that business, which I called scream ice cream. Um, I also learned that. So that's kind of my professional background. I mean, that was the sort of the, the, you know, just boots on the ground, making ice creams, exploring the market and learning about things like, um, well, flavor and ingredients and, um, the provenance of ingredients and everyone in the market sort of was an expert in their field. So the cheese maker or cheese monger and the, um, the chocolate guy and the, you know, the the spice lady and they had, you know, everybody's sort of, uh, their own experts. And I learned from all of those people. I learned about seasonality of ingredients. All the farmers came in every weekend. Um, I learned about the seasons in within the market and how it smells and tastes. Um, I learned about display and I of course learned about customer um, preferences by just talking to people every day, making ice cream, listening to what their feedback was and then adjusting it and, and doing that. So I closed scream anyway in two, in, in 2000, and then started writing a business plan immediately and got back into business as Jenny's in 2002, actually in the same exact location in the market again, but with a better plan. I was um, a little older, a little wiser, had the experience, a little more experience under my belt. And so then I spent another six years in the market doing the same thing, but just a little bit better way. So why did you, why did you close Scream? And why did you then decide to open up a new business in, in pretty much the same area? 
Well, um, Scream was sort of my practice business, I like to say. It, um, you know, we didn't, I didn't understand um, many things. I mean, I, I didn't understand at all ice cream making when I started, but I slowly started to, to learn that by the end. Um, but I didn't understand customer service. I didn't understand um, just what service exactly was. I mean, um, service is every single detail in your business. It's everything that people remember about what you did. Um, and Absolutely. so it, has, it, it is, it is everything from what you wear to how you, you know, your expression, when you engage with customers, what you say to them, of course, and of course what they end up eating, all of everything has to sort of build up to that moment. And so I had to learn about all of those things. The other thing I did wrong at Scream, the really specific thing was that I made any flavor I wanted to make every day. And so I had no, there, there was no way of knowing uh, for, from a customer's perspective, what I was going to have that day. And so I thought that was a very cool idea. I thought it was very artistic. So that's the kind of creative part of you coming through, wanting to try new things and new flavors and just get some feedback. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is, you know, this is what people want. They want something new every day. Well, they, they actually don't. It's the opposite of what people want and including my own self. Right. I mean, I know that when I go and uh, um, buy something the only, or go to any business, the only thing that brings me back to that business is the thing that I had last time, the thing that I fell in love with the last time I was there. And if a company doesn't have that, it's a huge disappointment. Maybe they can convince me to get something else. But when you crave something, um, you need it. And it's a different thing. So I learned that after I closed screen and I was at a coffee shop and they were out of something that I, that had literally gotten me out of bed, this orange scone that they made. And that was what I wanted. And then when I got there and we did the long line, they were out of it and they didn't, they didn't think it was a big deal at all. And for me, it was a really big deal. That's the only no reason I was even there. And then I realized, oh my goodness, everything that I had done at Scream, all this whole foundation on the business was just uh, wrong. And so when I started writing the plan for Jenny's, uh, I, I wrote it with the idea that I would have, I, I knew what flavors people loved at, at Scream. And I was going to have those popular flavors all the time. And then I was going to have another ice cream cabinet where I could put flavors that, um, that, that I could experiment with and seasonality and whatever, and, and even make lots of mistakes in those flavors and learn from those, but that I would have these two flavors. And, and we do that to this day. So really the, the marketplace of having a market business gave you the chance to almost get direct market research back very quickly and then, and to meet the customer and find out exactly what they liked and then, and, and to take that information and put that back into your business. Absolutely. Because you can think that you, you represent what, what, you know, what you think customers want, but you don't. And, um, and you learn so much directly. I mean, you know, there are 2 million people who go through that market every year. And some of those people had ice cream and I got to learn from those people by having direct conversations with them, not by looking at numbers on a piece of paper, not by looking at what's sold. Um, but there is a lot that you learn. And in fact, I always joke about becoming this Jedi of ice cream, um, by listening to people. It's, um, it's a whole different thing than just statistics or just what's sold or all those, cause anybody can do that, but to hear what specifically people love about something and what specifically they don't like. And if you ask them that they'll tell you and hearing that over and over again, um, made me is everything that I am today. I think in all that our whole company is things that we, um, know about ice cream and what makes us a really, really good at it. And we still do that today, which is really, really wonderful through social media. I mean, we still keep very close um, to all, to our customers. And of course, still over the counter, that's still very important to us, but, um, but we can still stay very connected. So, so how many outlets do you have as a matter of interest? We have 19 shops. 
We are sold in about 2000 grocery stores, usually mom and pop small ones and some of the larger, um, higher quality grocery stores, natural markets like Whole Foods. Um, and then we have a, an online store that we've been building since 2004. So we have quite a few people who across the country who've never been to our stores, but who are regular customers through our online channel. Okay. And, and let's just start with the, the basics again. So you, you, you were effectively someone with a background in perfume making. You had, I, su- I suppose it's fair to say you had a very strong creative element in, in your mind and you, you liked the idea of experimenting with flavors and getting feedback. You then uh, opened up your business, Scream Ice Cream, in a farmer's market environment, did that for four years. And then you went back into a farmer's market environment for about six years. Yeah, we're still there. We still have our, our store. I mean, our store is still there and we, I'm still, you know, very inspired by that place. In fact, I'm sitting about a hundred steps away from that exact spot as we speak. It's funny because I'm any of the food businesses I speak to, not all of them, but quite a few think it's incredibly important to have something like an outlet where they're literally in, in a mar- farmer's market environment, they're able to launch new products and, and get feedback and then shape their, their offerings accordingly. And it, it, it doesn't really surprise me. What, what point then did you think, well, you know what, this thing has got, has got commercial legs. I'm now going to, you know, build a proper business plan and, 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 and scale this to, you know, retail stores. What, what actually happened or sparked uh, your imagination to make, to make you think this is now something which can actually employ me and employ people? I don't know if it was a moment or a specific thing. There were lots of things that came together. Um, you know, certainly once our ice cream started to become better than any other ice cream I'd ever had in my life, I thought there, there must certainly, there's a lot of people out there that would want this. Um, and so I think for us, we've never, uh, we've never limited ourselves ever in, in our, in the potential that we have. So moving forward every day is just a part of our DNA. I think part, partly also as Midwesterners here in, in, in just, that's just, you know, this sort of work ethic or just constantly like learning and moving forward um, is just part of who we are. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's not as easy, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. You have to, we, we created a market for this kind of ice cream in America and, um, and nobody wanted, let's say spicy ice cream or herbal or um, flour ice creams before we started. That was just not common. I mean, maybe in high end restaurants, but um, so it, that was slow. We had to slowly build our market and then on top of that, we have to find the ingredients, which were also not readily available to make the ice creams that we wanted to make, which we still struggle with daily. And we um, that's part of our thing. And so growing has always been this sort of as we can. And um, when it feels right, you know, we have to get these ducks in a row, I guess, you know, in order to do it. So it's not like um, it's not like it was like we sat there. We was like, OK, great. Next year, we're going to do this. And the next year we're going to do this. It's just like whatever we can do every year, we do. And um, try to do it as well as we can with all of the variables. I mean, we don't just come up with ice cream flavors, but we actually make them. And then we have farmers that grow the ingredients for those. And lots of dots on that sort of uh, community chart. And when, when you say ingredients are hard to get, um, are you at liberty to say what kinds of ingredients you might struggle with? Or, are, I mean, are they quite specialist in nature, particular kinds of flavorings? Or is it a particular kind of milk that you, you find is, is absolutely vital to your, to your business? Well, we do work with grass pastured milk, which is really important to us. And, um, and we know that there's a great big supply here in Ohio, but it's just that it's all being sold into the, the sort of commodity milk channels. And we need to figure out how to get it out of that and into our ice cream. 
which is very complicated to do. I mean, um, dairy farmers are wonderful people. We just know so many of them and love being out on their farms and they are so committed to what they do. Um, but it's very difficult for them to drop out of the system that they're in, which is, um, which is sort of loving arms and, and come into this other place where we haven't quite proven, or we're just starting to prove that, it, that we can support them. Um, it's very difficult to get back into the system. They can't just drop out of whatever, where they're selling it now and then try us and then get back into it if it doesn't work. And so dairy is just a constant thing for us. I mean, we will, we will do it. We have been doing it. It's just a constant sort of, we have to keep, um, keep sort of fighting for it and paying above market and all of that just to get the best stuff which is fine. This is all very good things happening in Ohio, you know, and that because of us and a couple of other um, dairies, Um, but even things like vanilla beans. So one uh, story is just that I, um, I wanted to work with this vanilla bean grower in Uganda and I wanted to be in a direct trade relationship with her. And um, she was very excited about that, but it was $5,000, which I didn't have. And so I had to um, figure out how to work with her. And, and once I finally got those vanilla beans in, we were not a big enough company. Once I finally found $5,000 and actually had to win it in order to get it. This was a long time ago. And um, anyway, once we got those vanilla beans in, they just all went bad because we weren't, we weren't, didn't have the scale to actually use them. So there's a lot oh. that goes on with that. And then finally, the, you know, the sort of end train of this is sugar. I mean, sugar, we cannot get in a direct trade um, situation right now, but maybe one day we will. And so we're always on these big, these trains that are going somewhere trying to get these things, these ingredients to make this great ice cream. So you're going to a lot of trouble to actually to find the ingredients that you want. And do you th- do you think that's a, a big deal or important to your customers? I mean, do you do you are you at pains to communicate the trouble that you're taking to find these ingredients, or do you think they demand it of you anyway? Um, I think uh, I think there's a little bit of everything going on. I think they do demand it, and I um, and may, not all of them. I think a lot of times, um, if it tastes good, it is good, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think some people do um, expect a lot out of us. But also, um, I think we could have a perfectly fine business without worrying about any of that. I just don't think that that's fun for us. And I think that there is this sort of component of community when we work directly with people. We get better ingredients. It makes it our jobs more fun. It makes it more fun. Like our emotion, if if we're sort of happy, I think that we make better ice cream. And it's just weird, but it's true. And I think then we can explain it to customers in a way that we never, ever would um try to be preachy about it or jam it down people's throat. We don't talk that much about it. If people want to know, we like to tell them, but I mean, again, it's just little tiny details make the business. And uh, it isn't about telling everybody every single one of them, but about living it. And, um, and I think that's the sort of difference between us and, and other people. And it's all in these tiny details. And, and do you think for some artisan, pro- I mean, would you, would you count or consider your Jenny's blended ice cream as an artisan product? Is that a label you're comfortable with? Absolutely. The only thing I don't like about the word artisan um, and people, other people say it about us and we sort of uh, hesitate a little bit is just that um, sometimes when I think of artisan, I think of like a shoemaker or a cobbler, right? I don't, I think of somebody who doesn't change and um, doesn't explore and doesn't create new things or innovate. And, um, and I don't want to be limited by that either. However, all of our you know, I mean, we're making everything by hand. We, it takes 150 people in our kitchens to make our ice cream. Um, it's um, a, a, truly about as artisanal as you can possibly get. Um, however, all, you know, we love technology. We love new things. We love innovating and finding new things and unlocking the mysteries of ice cream and science and all that stuff. And for some reason, I just feel like artisanal is, uh, is limiting in that way. But, you know, maybe in the 21st century that that's outdated, too. Okay. So you mentioned there, did you say 250 people? Yeah. in peak summer. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and, and what, what did you start off with? You started off with yourself and, and, 
an assistant or just trying to track back in terms of the... I started out with me. Just you. Okay. Just literally Jenny. Okay. Shortly after that, my, uh, my brother-in-law moved up from Nashville, Tennessee mm-hmm. um, to join our company within the first year that we started, after we started Jenny's. Um, and so he and I would make all of the ice creams and we did that for a long time. And then there was a couple of high school kids that came in, but it was really like, you know, first couple of years, just me and then me and Tom. And how long did it take to scale to the point where now in, in 2015, you are at 150 people approximately. How long did it take? Well, it just took all those years. I mean, it took, yeah. yeah. And were there any significant milestones along the way where you've seen, you know, jumps in demand? And can you tell us about the story there or any stories where you've maybe gained publicity in the national press or local press and, and something has sort of almost kicked you up the, uh, forward in terms of your, your scale? Well, we, so funny, we were on the Food Network um, in 2004, two years after we opened and not even two years after we opened. And we thought, this is our ticket. This is going to be huge. We need to have a website. You need to be able to order ice cream on it. And we need to have it like, you know, within a month or whatever. We built this website. We thought this is, we're going to get inundated with orders. We put um, limits, you know, we had, we put limits on how many we could actually, because we knew that, you know, after 3000 orders, like we couldn't take anymore. So we put limits on it. Um, We just really, really um, thought this was going to be huge for us. Uh, so that it aired, we had a big party, all this stuff. And we just went to watch these orders roll in. And I think we got two. Oh. And so it's, um, it's kind of funny, like, but what it did though, here's what it did. And that is now we had a website. So anyone can order it across the country. Um, the New York times heard about that. And now that we can sell it in New York, they're interested. They're not interested in a company in, in Columbus, Ohio. But if New Yorkers can get it, they're interested. And the New York Times started writing about us and they have written about us many times since. And then that led to many, many other things and many orders. And over time, we've built our, rep, our, our website, our brand and, and everything based on all of those, um, that, all those write-ups and, you know, such wonderful, you know, uh, valued publication like New York Times and, and many food magazines and things like that. Um, so, but anyway, it was all about like this one website that we built so that we could sell ice cream across the country without actually being in those cities. Um, and it was all because of this TV appearance that didn't really pay out, but you know, isn't that funny? Yeah. What, what you, what you think will work the channel that you choose is almost as if the channels need to choose you in some way. Absolutely. And you can't try too hard because if you do, then, you know, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody wants to be a part of something. If, uh, if you're like a sort of barking dog and you're trying to get their attention, but if you're just doing great things, you know, you get the attention of the, of the right people, I think. And what kind of accolades, uh, awards have you had? I mean, I, I did some research, obviously, on, on your brand and, and I'm, I mean, just staggered the, the quality of the website, the amount of work you put into, to doing what you do. What, what kind of accolades have you received? Uh, or rather, what, what accolades has Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream received? Well, we've gotten a few awards for our um, ice cream, some very good ones. Um, there's something called the Sophie Award, which is kind of like the, um, you know, Oscars of the food world. Um, that's a big deal. We've won it for the entire product line. We won it for my personal favorite flavor, which is our lemon yogurt. Funny about that flavor too, is that it's not very popular. I've been making it since 1996. It's my favorite. It's every chef who tries our ice cream. It's their favorite. <laughs> it won an award, but you know, but anyway, it's, uh, it's funny. Um, it's delicious, but um, one those, I recently got, um, we recently received a, a good food award, which is a really wonderful thing out in Berkeley. Um, Alice Waters put my, this sort of medal around my neck, which was a nice moment. That was just a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Another a, a visionary award. Um, 
Fast Company magazine, which is a wonderful magazine here yeah. that um, they recognized me as a, a, one of their 74 most creative people in business this year. Um, wow, that's huge. And probably the cherry on top of the Sunday really is, um, is the James Beard Award. I mean, that's, that's the highest honor that you can get, I think, in food in America. And the James Beard Award I received in 2012 uh, for my first book. Uh, which was, which was incredible. I mean, just uh, being a sort of ice cream maker from Ohio, going to New York up against incredible other wonderful, big, huge dessert books and chocolate books. And my little ice cream book um, took the medal, which was not expected and (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Well, congratulations to you and your whole team. That's fantastic. Thank you. So you currently have three books. Is that right? Two books. Two books. Okay. So tell tell our listeners a little bit about the books because we're going to talk about that towards the end of the interview. Well, I um I wrote the first book as the only ice cream making book at home I'll ever have to write, and then of course I ended up writing another one. But um, the idea for the book is that um uh, and if, it, before long before the book was an idea, actually, it was the idea of coming up with a recipe that actually works at home to make something very specific, which is this idea of of um, artisanal American ice cream, which is like harder, hard pack ice cream. So the opposite of gelato, which is served softer yes. uh, out of the machine. This is hard packs, roll it up in a ball, scoop shop ice cream. And I wanted to, people to be able to do that at home. Traditionally, you can't do it at home because the ice crystal doesn't, doesn't freeze right. And it ends up being crumbly in the, in home freezers and the ice cream machines don't quite work for that. They don't, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons, you know, you're limited by the equipment that you have in your home kitchen um, and the, how low your freezers actually go, which in my kitchen, of course, is is totally different. So I decided that I was going to tackle this because I just had a baby, and this is in 2009, and uh, or actually before that, it was actually in 2007. Um, and I was gonna, I was bored at home because she slept all the time. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. It's just, I felt like if I could do it in my work, I could do it at home, and maybe somewhere this could live, a book or or in um, a blog or web or art, whatever magazine or whatever. And so um, I started doing it, and after about a month. Well, and I called Ohio State University, which is a big university, uh, Dairy Science University. And I was like, please help me. I need to figure out how to make this at home. I know we can do a better job. Is there any tips or anything you can think of? And actually, I have a lot of good friends over there. And they were all like, no, you're crazy. You can't make it at home. The machine's <laughs> awful. Um, you can't get the right ingredients and whatever. Yeah. So I hung up the phone with them and I went to work in my own kitchen. And after about a month, I came up with that exact thing. So what it is, it's the four fo- facets of ice cream, flavor texture, body, and finish. Um, and those match the ice creams that I make in my kitchen. Everybody has a different, every ice cream maker has a different idea of what those should be. But for me, you know, it's, fla- it's you know, flavor, texture, body, and finish. The body has to be sort of bouncy and a little bit chewy. The, the texture, which is the fineness between your tongue and the roof of your mouth is not sandy or icy, but very smooth. And it should roll up into a ball. It should be elastic enough to, in a scoop, roll up into a ball, sit on top of a cone when it's completely frozen. So you're not serving it right out of the machine. You actually freeze it for you know a few hours after that, harden it, flavors develop. Um, and anyway, so that was what I achieved. And then of course, after that, the book deal happened. And, uh, and then all of that went into books and I adapted all of my ice cream recipes to that one sort of base recipe and, um, and let it go into the world. And people have been making this ice cream across the country. And it's been so much fun to watch. They can make my flavors, of course, but then in the book, it also shows you how to uh, make whatever flavors you want with ingredients that you have near you grow in your garden or in your neighborhood or that you've brought back from your trips or travels or whatever. Yeah, there's a huge number of people right now, especially food bloggers who are trying to get book deals. D- did you find that they, that the publishers came to you or is this something you did on your own initiative and then went looking for them? 
I had, um, I had an agent and, you know, I've heard that this is all very complicated and very difficult to do, but I had, um, I had, you know, this one concept, which is very different from everybody else's. And I had recipes that worked. I could show that I could prove it. And, um, and also to sort of show that there, that, you know, I mean, it's ice cream. People love ice cream. We, we know that ice cream doesn't work at home. And so the, the, you know, I created a, um, a proposal and, the, you know, I think when people read, you know, I'm, I'm a business person, so I know that, you know, we have to show that we can, we're going to sell this book. And so we wrote a proposal that was all about that. And, um, and actually we had seven publishers interested. The book went to auction. I mean, it was highly unlikely sort of kind of deal or, you know, thing, which was very cool, uh, to have happen, but it's, it's, it's difficult. I know to get uh, a publisher, but the one way you have to do it is to stand out from everybody else and to make uh, to really be relevant to the readers, super relevant to really connect with what people actually need and not just what your creative sort of leanings are or your, what you're excited about, but really be relevant to people. And it's true in business too. And I think bloggers do that anyway, a lot, but, um, but in terms of a book, you got, now you got to sell it and people have to pay money for it. And so you've got to be uh, really concise and uh, almost poetic in the way that you um, pare down, you know, all of your sort of creative ideas into something that's very, specific and useful to the reader and home. And what is the business's growth strategy now? Uh, let's talk about the next, you know, four or five years. It's 2015. W- what's, what's going to, what's Jenny's splendid ice cream going to look like in 2015? Have you thought that far ahead? Sorry, 2020, my apologies. Oh, I was going to say, well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, five years from now. As far ahead as I usually think anyway, mm. year, um, uh, in 2020, I, I, I don't know in 2020, you know, I don't know because I feel like, you know, just today I was in a meeting right before I came here and I just, um, I, and I shifted my thinking about something and, um, and I feel like that happens frequently enough here that, that over time it becomes, um, it, it impacts what the experience, the full experience is in, um, uh, in our shops and in our ice creams and all of that. So what I do know is that we will be making better ice cream in 2020 than we are making in 2015. Um, I know that we will have, um, uh, very interesting artwork because we do all of that here in house too. Our stores will be um, uh, sort of a, a place, you know, where, where lots of things are happening and going on things that we're not doing even yet. Um, but I don't know what the company looks like. I don't know how many stores we have or, or if we're, you know, how we're doing wholesale and all of that stuff. I think that all sort of comes, I don't know, kind of naturally. Yeah. We're kind of a weird company in that way. We kind of, we like to walk through open doors and, and we would never turn down opportunity, but at the same time, you know, everything comes back to quality for us and, you know, quality of the whole experience. And so that's where we're passionate about. Okay. So what advice would you give uh, to people listening to this podcast episode and have been really inspired by what you've said? And, and they're thinking, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd like to start a food business, but I'm not sure. Maybe I don't have the courage of my convictions or I don't know where to start. Is it, is it a journey you'd, you'd, you'd recommend to them? And, and if so, on, on what basis? Um, I definitely recommend it. And I feel a little bit irresponsible in doing so too. You know, some of the best advice I got from a, from a restaurant owner when I was telling him I was going to go into business was don't do it. (laughs) You know, he's got, you know, big bags under his eyes and he's been working so much for so many years. And I understood that. And I certainly understand it now, but I know also that, um, I think that entrepreneurship, people who, who have that sort of bug or it's kind of like in your blood if you know you need to do it, you know, and nothing is going to stop you. Not poverty, not, um, not just nothing. You will find a way to get the money you need to do it. 
and then you will live uh, within your means and learn and create your business and keep moving forward. I know that that when you have an idea and you don't give up, one of two things happens. Either everybody sort of um, comes, you know, people will will learn and and adjust and 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 start to be uh, appreciate your idea, or you'll get better and you'll learn from them and you'll get better at what you're doing. And yeah, what's probably going to happen is that everything comes to the middle. But that's what happens when you don't give up on something. You will get afraid. I think in the beginning when you're not getting good reception from whatever idea it is. I mean, for me, it was, you know, spicy ice cream or whatever, you know, and I had to learn from that and I had to listen to customers and I had to learn and grow too. And so we all kind of came to the middle and uh, it's almost like an agreement that you have with your, your customers um, as you move forward. And anyway, so just that idea of not giving up and uh, mm. you know, you know, when you're the person, if you're the person who's right to be an, an entrepreneur, um, you, it's in your blood and you probably know it. So in a way it's less about the idea. It's more about the person behind the idea. Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the idea is really big. You know, once you get an idea, you, you sort of hook in. And once that hook happens, um, you know, it becomes your life. At least for me, that was the way it is. And a lot of other um, entrepreneurs that I have spoken with. And so just finally, how can people find you? Um, you said roughly 2000 outlets, sorry, 2000 retail outlets. Uh, uh, rather it's it, your ice cream is on sale in 2000 outlets. You, your business, Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream has 19 outlets. Is that right? That's right. And we're just about to number 20 in LA Oh, next month. Oh, congratulations. So we're in Columbus, Ohio, in Cleveland, in Nashville, Tennessee, in, uh, uh Charleston, uh, Atlanta, and then soon to be, um, and Chicago, and then soon to be LA. And then, um, yeah, we have retail outlets all across the country. Um, and you can find those all on our website. It's just jennies.com. It's J-E-N-I-S.com. J-E-N-I-S.com. Great, great domain name, actually. It's a single word domain. Was that was that hard to get? Yeah, it was. Well, so my original domain name was Jenny's Ice Creams with an S.com. And so we all had that email for a long time, Jenny at Jenny's Ice Creams with an S.com. And I had to say that to so many people. And we were like, why didn't we just do Jenny's? And so, yeah, we had to buy it from somebody, but it was just somebody who, you know, had it yeah. and not, not using it. So it wasn't terrible, but they really, they were in Turkey. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so we found it, we bought it from them and, and that was one of the best things we did. Fantastic. So again, that's www.jenisjennies.com. And you're also on Facebook and Twitter. And I presume those links are on your website as well. Oh yeah. We're all over all of it. <laughs> Okay. So finally, um, I'll be, I'll be mentioning this anyway online, but, um, we're, we're, we're going to give away very kindly, um, five signed copies of one of your books. Yes. And, uh, that's something I, I'm looking forward to seeing as well. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to get a copy of one of those for myself, but certainly I'm going to read uh, a copy avidly and I'm certainly going to try it a few of the episodes, uh, the recipes. Um, just, just a quick highlight of what's in the book. What's, what's special about this book, Jenny? Well, in, um, in the first book, um, I spent a, 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 the first part of the book actually talking a little bit, um, about the journey of becoming, um, just getting into business and, um, some of the challenges of that. And, uh, and that's kind of uncommon for a chef or an ice cream maker or a food person to do that in a book, but I, I feel like the, the world is sort of, people think entrepreneurially now, and I'm hoping that more people will do that. So I wanted to put my story out there a little bit just to give sort of, uh, that, you know, that story. So people, you know, inspire people. Um, and then the idea is really, it's not about my flavors. It's about giving you the tools that you can make any ice cream that you want, um, to make. So if you like a flavor that we make and you've had it and you want to make it, it's in there, but, um, but it's all about you being a sort of ice cream maker and putting your name on it in a way. Well, listen, it's been a wonderful story. Thank you so much for coming on the program this morning, Jenny. So much fun.
All right, thanks. Thank you. A very special thanks to today's guest, Jenny Brittenbauer, founder of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams in Columbus, Ohio. Jenny, if you're listening to the program right now, thank you so much for taking time out of what is an extremely busy schedule, for giving us food producers and food entrepreneurs an insight into your outstanding food success story so far. It really is hugely inspirational how someone has taken a food idea and built it from scratch all the way up to the point where nowadays you are employing over 150 people and of course have food outlets around the country selling your product. As mentioned in the podcast, we have the privilege of giving away five signed copies of Jenny's latest book, and we'll be giving you details on Facebook of how you can be in with the chance to win one of these amazing prizes. Thank you so much to Jenny's great team, including Nicholas Torres, who helped organize today's podcast, and Aaron Kilhefner, who helped organize the prize. And thanks especially to you for listening to today's podcast here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com, home of the food entrepreneur. The next episode of MakeMoneyWithFood.com is, of course, cooking over my shoulder right now in the podcast kitchen, where else? And we'd love to hear from you. If you have the time, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook, on Twitter, and, of course, on our contact form on our website. By filling out the email subscription form on the website, you can, of course, get a preview of exactly what podcasts are coming down the line. And, of course, news of upcoming competitions and other great things here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com. Thank you so much. We know there are so many business podcasts out there which you could be listening to. And today you've chosen to listen to a great episode here on our website. We really appreciate your time and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks very much and have a great week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast here on MakeMoneyWithFood.com, home of the food entrepreneur. You know, we could sure do with your help. If you like the show, why not leave us a sweet little rating on iTunes, an awesome like on Facebook, or best of all, subscribe to our incredible email list today so we can keep sending amazing food entrepreneur stories, tips, and information your way. Okay, enough of the hard sell. <laughs> Visit www.makemoneywithfood.com right now. See you next time.